hey, 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 it's part two, and it's me, Tom. You're here for the second part of The Reflect. If you didn't hear part one, check out part one. Or don't. Who else is with me? Hey, it's you. Oh, baby, it's me. If you don't know who that is from that, I, I need not introduce myself. But I am Stuart, and I'm here, and I'm passing over to David. Give it a doo, paps. Give it a doo, bow. <laughs> Hello there. I'm here with the Duke Ellington Orchestra, apparently, uh, and I will now pass the conducting baton on to none the other, the Shantus with the Great Caboose. It's only Ali Bloody Hill, isn't it? <laughs> what? Thank you, David Lindsay. This is a hark back to Tom's intro when he tried yeah. to do blues and everyone else did jazz. Hey, it's me ripping on Tom as soon as I could. Who I'm going to hand you back to? Who's going to get kick us off with a marvelous second part of our reflect? I've lost the order of who's picking. Um, Ali, give us a... Let's a have a fun question. A fun question, eh? A okay. fun question, yeah. Okay, here's one from Kate. Kate asks, Why are the midsection intros dot 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 like that? <laughs> <laughs> Good question, Kate. I'd say Why I have the do same we do question. anything that we do? <laughs> We basically like, right, there's always an awkward silence where someone, usually Tom, just suddenly says something and all four of us are just like, right, well, we're going with this. Well, it's, it's this is a look behind the behind the podcast, but that's how we start. We usually start a session by doing the midsection. Wait, 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 to... Tom, Tom, what's behind the podcast? I've never peeled behind a podcast before. All right, behind I'm the really microphone. Curious. Behind the microphone. It's just um, the void, the podcast void. The podcast void. That's where all of David's great sex puns are. <laughs> <laughs> that's where they are that's where you'll they never are. hear um, but we, we start the podcast every every time we record with a midsection as a kind of way to I guess warm up I would say probably the reason we do midsections like that are a way to be very very silly and very free just at the very beginning just to get ourselves in the improvisation mode yeah. at the beginning we did a couple of midsections sort of at the end and I personally felt like our listeners have taken time out to write a character, create a character, send it into us. They and and I don't want to come at those tired, spent, thinking about bed and <laughs> like looking at the clock. You know, let's let's start with them. It's much and it's it's yeah. much better this way. It really is. It really is. Yeah, because doing them at the end, you're suddenly you're so out of ideas and out of thoughts. Whereas if you're coming at it very fresh, then it's much better. Does anyone want to yeah. add anything? No, just look, I, forward to, look forward to more. <laughs> I feel like, more. They don't stop. We won't stop them. <laughs> I feel like they're an amazing litmus test of just how exhausted we are per session. Like that, I think if you, there's some way that you could probably like put them as a scale of like, there's some that are just like, everybody's drained. Families have exhausted us. Life has exhausted <laughs> us. Jobs have completely destroyed our weeks. And then there's other ones where we're just kind of like, oh, what's a fun concept? <laughs> I know it's, it's like quite a nice a nice tight five but the rest of the yeah. time you could really see where we've all gone on a, of a week 
Um, you just also don't know when those weeks were, so therefore you'll never be able to place just how depressed we were. But what you can how do, drunk we were. <laughs> what you can do is is graph it nicely. So not a not a timeline, but you can plot a nice graph of everyone's emotional feeling over a two year period yeah. based purely on podcasts. If you go through in order, now, I'd love to see one of those like four square graphs where it's like they're the four different adjectives, and it's like <laughs> insane, sexless, chaotic. <laughs> And and mildly gross, and all of the different midsections are just plotted across those four different. <laughs> someone, someone, get out there, get on that roll. David, do you want to pick another category? Yeah. um, So I've done an arc and I've done a general. So I'm going to do a Formian question. Okay, an in-game Formian question. This is a great question. I really like this question. This is from. This is from (laughs) David. If you have no involvement in this, (laughs) this is where Tom goes. This is where Tom says this question is from David. It's not from David. (laughs) You all you did there was say I want a Formian question and claimed credit. This is this is this question is from um, one of our wonderful patrons, Glarin. Thank you, Glarin. Glarin asks if you could pick one of your character's Pokemon to unlock a Mega Evolution, which one would it be? And there's a sub question for Stu um, because obviously Stu doesn't get these character questions. What Pokemon would be the most fun for you to design a Mega Evolution for, or oh. which of the characters' Pokemon? Let's put it with the characters Pokemon because I think that'll make it more relevant. Because okay. yeah, obviously we all want to do a Lugia Mega Evolution, but we can't have everything. David, as you as you picked the question, would you like to let us know which Pokemon you would like to unlock a Mega Evolution for? I mean, the boring answer, which I'll start with, so we can build up to the fun. But the boring ans- answer is obviously Medicham. It's always like when Meditite eventually, hopefully, at some point evolves. It would be a delight to have a Mega Metacham. And that's that's an already existent Mega. Yeah, so I sort of read the question as in... I would I read the question more as like a Mega Evolution that yeah. doesn't exist currently. Oh, and as, a, I'm result, assuming Tom, that, and as yeah. a result, I have a Part B. Um, <laughs> I think the one that would be the most interesting for me would be a... I mean, we have a Mega Slowbro in canon, but we don't have a Mega Slowking. So surely that's the most... Ooh. Surely that would be the most interesting one. A really Ooh. hyped special attack glass cannon... That's mega slow god, a mega which, mega god. Which of Theo's current Pokemon would you unlock a mega evolution for if 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 that don't have it? I mean, for, from like a personal perspective, I think a mega Kabutops would be really cool. But I think a mega Barbarical actually would be more fun with just twenty five <laughs> hands. Um, Ali, tempted to say uh, one of the sort of non evolving ones, and by that I include Honchcrow because obviously I received Fedora. Uh, pre-evolved um, and like I like having sort of variety in the team and I've got dark and flying covered elsewhere I saw I definitely th- I also think spirit so you'd like it in- to you'd like it to mega evolve into a water grass if that would be possible <laughs> yeah of course well mega evolutions do change types in my defense true but I think um, thematically a mega spiritum once mm. it kind of locks on to the, the the tome or whatever would be would be really cool that's a really good idea. Um, that's cool. That's cool. 
if um, any of any of the characters' Pokemon that you would love to any get. Any of Mega your current po- Pokemon, um, and then any Pokemon that you you could you would like to design one for. Maybe well, an NPC's Pokemon. That come you... on, Tom. We we all want to do Mega Lugia, don't we? We right. all want to do Mega Lugia. <laughs> <laughs> we obviously want to do Mega Lugia. Obviously, um, Mega Mega Diggersby. See, I was going to suggest Sim, oh. but I wouldn't say Diggersby. I actually want to cut Diggersby out, and I'd cut quite Diggersby like Bunnelby. Out. I'd like Bunnelby to mega evolve just into Mega Bunnelby. Mega, Mega B, Mega Mega B. Yeah. I t- well, Mega B sounds great for Combi. If if we it just does. If, if we just get rid of the comb and it's just. <laughs> It's Hold on, is it, is it is it a combi bunnelby fusion mega? A, com- where a the combination, combunnelby nation. Com- oh <laughs> wait, mega combunnelby nation. Whoa. <laughs> okay, how many digivolves do we have to do to get to that stage? It's so many. <laughs> so many this is such. A, this is Digimon season two on acid, and that's exactly what I've always wanted. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm on gonna... a side note, I'd also like Barnaby Tim's to unlock Mega Swanner personally. That's, oh that yeah, would be okay. excellent. Um, brilliant, Stu. Would you like to pick the next category? Yes, of course. I'm going for general. Would you ever consider doing a live session for charity where people could <laughs> donate and throw some curveballs into the game, like NPCs? This is from this is from Dark Holson. Thank you for your question. I'd like to say that unfortunately, David makes too many sex puns for us to ever do anything live. Um. I would also suggest that we are we are also almost too chaotic live and too you'd see you'd, you'd you'd see how tight our editing is by watching a live <laughs> session. You'd watch a live session and you'd think, "Wow, I can see why it's edited the way it is." Uh, um, because not that not that it would be bad a live session, but just that it is, you know, it's full of like fat that needs to be cut it's you know there's a lot of pauses there's a lot of discussion about where things should go what do we think is narratively dice right rolling there's dice rolling yeah exactly it's very boring um well, but i i would definitely consider if it was for charity i'm sure but i think yeah, yeah personally i would like to do one maybe with some guests if we were to do yeah. one or to sort of move it out into more of a i was gonna say thing. yeah if it was going to be a ch- uh, a live thing I don't think it would ever be an episode of the Canon podcast because we know how that works. We've got our way of doing it. We have our style and blah, blah, blah. If it was going to be something, it would either be uh, some kind of, almost like what we're doing now, some kind of chat thing, channel thing. I actually think one shots work a lot better for live things because they have more of a, a structure to them. Like the one shots that we have played as a group, being Ali's Freezy Frost and playing Tom's Halloween Knockoff, both of those I think work better in a live format because Tom and Ali made them knowing that they were going to be done in one session. And so they had certain touchstones and certain checkpoints where we were like, we will reach that point. So, yes, even so, I'm sure there were lots of it in the edit that got cut down and everything, but they. they you say you haven't listened to it, Stu? Of course, I've listened to it. I haven't, okay, I haven't listened Just... to the raw. No, but I'm saying I know <laughs> Wait, you've we not played... listened to the five-hour raw. I sent you. <laughs> no, that's good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would say if that was ever going to happen, it would either be a very structured one-shot, probably as you say, Tom, with some kind of guest element to to mix it up. I definitely or... like Dark yeah. Holson's idea of donation suggestions. So if you donate, you could add in an NPC or an event or a Pokemon. Or mm. I like yeah. it. It felt that feels feels a bit. Um, is it Showstoppers? The improv musical mm. where they kind of like shout out some things at the start and then 
you've got to like incorporate at that some point that's things that they shut out. Yeah. That would be yeah. cool. People donate yeah. to make a suggestion that we have to then incorporate within the game. Okay, I guess I will pick a category now, and I'm going to pick a fun category. I'm going to go back to fun, and the question is, which Sir Floatzel would win in a triple threat Pokemon battle? Ooh. As in singing, Ooh. dancing, and acting. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, I believe this would be a Kenny versus Brandy versus Theo, but it would be a match where we're fighting at the same time, which I think changes it for me. If it was a, t- a mini tournament around Robin where we weren't battling at the same time, I think Kenny would win hands down just just for the sheer team that Kenny currently has is monstrous. In a Sca- Spiritomb, a Gyarados, a Dartrix, a Honchcrow. Um, <laughs> are, and then poor, is... poor, poor, Sal- poor Salandit bringing up the rear. <laughs> <laughs> poor Salandit, who's not bad. Salandit, I, you know, that's probably equal par with the rest she of us. She took down a victory belt. She That's did. True. She did. She That's was true. it was heavily weighted towards her, but yes. <laughs> however, true, true. however, I think if we were all to battle at the exact same time against each other, I think Theo would win because Theo would probably have the sense to probably trick Brandy into attacking Kenny, and Kenny and Kenny would probably have I don't know. Not to say that Kenny has no battle acumen, but just that Kenny would not play games, not have the tactics. That I think Theo would bring to the table. I was I was going to say exactly the same thing. My money's my money's on Theo. My oh. money probably I reckon towards the end of the arc might be more on Brandy, but for now, agreed, agreed. I think Brand- I th- when Brandy's team fully evolves, that's that's yeah. monstrous. I'm yeah, going to say money. My, my money is definitely on Brandy. I think Brandy would be able to get under Theo's skin a lot easier, <laughs> and <laughs> Kenny would just want someone to win who isn't him I think you just want someone else to be happy that's true that's true <laughs> Kenny would have Gyarados out and, and ask Gyarados to go easy on us yeah. I think, yeah. I think... The, prob- the problem is too that you're forgetting that Ali is playing Kenny and Ali <laughs> is very competitive <laughs> Ali would not want Kenny to lose Ali, Ali no. would not let his boy lose <laughs> Kenny in a vacuum then yeah exactly yeah. David what I do you think, reckon I think Kenny would probably win in every situation and here's my logic as to why is I think that Brandy would think that she was a master manipulator and she would be trying to use her leadership skills to try and sort of scare everybody into just like sheer bravado. Brandy's going for it. Theo, on the other hand, is trying to play off both of them, trying to do the manipulation, trying to make Kenny enter into his mind palace, trying to make Brandy cry. <laughs> At one point, Theo just uses Will of the Wisp on Brandy. Like, it would be absolutely <laughs> insane. And I think inevitably, what would happen is, is that Brandy and Theo would knock out every single one of each other's Pokemon except yeah. for one. Some, one of us would win out of that, and it depends on who's got what team at what point. Let's say it's Theo, and Theo's only got Jason the Combi left, at which point Kenny's still got a full five to six. And <laughs> even going easy, Combi just runs out of energy. I, think that, I don't think Kenny wins on acumen, but Kenny wins on simply being the, the most transcendent from simple human <laughs> Yeah. I can yeah. make a case for everyone because I also think Brandy's sheer force of will might see her through. Might her her sheer fear of losing to Kenny and Theo might give her enough of an edge to ch- obviously cheat, but will you know? <laughs> <laughs> It'd be interesting to see how the types matched up against each other. I've never really sort of thought about yeah. it, but it's interesting that our starters, in a way, do form a kind of type triangle. In that 
Meditite is super effective to Lopini. Lopini resists the the ghost, ghost. of yeah. oh, really? of eventual etc. There's kind of like a weird normal fighting psychic. Yeah. Like all of those types kind of have, like flying fighting. There is a kind yeah, of weird. It's a bit of a fudge triangle, but it's de- certainly <laughs> it's certainly a triangle. You know what? I would after all of this January health kick, I would kill for a fudge triangle right <laughs> that now. That would be oh. great. <laughs> but that thank you, thank you, Smam, for that question because that does lead us on talking of types to general question from Glarin. Glarin writes: So far, among the three Sofloatsals, all Pokemon types are represented except for Electric, Ice, and Dragon, and Ground. But Bunnelby technically covers that in its evolution. Which Pokemon would you like to see added to any of these to fill these types? So, what electric, ice, or dragon Pokemon would you like to add to the team, Stu? That includes you. What what, what electric, ice, or dragon type? And I'll start with you, Stu. I feel like, because okay. we're the characters, we assume yeah. that we should answer it first. But what electric, ice, dragon Pokemon do you think? You've got, surely you're holding off dragon for a while <laughs> well yeah i don't know i i'd kind of like to see an ice type i personally love ice types i think mm. despite being maligned in the mainline video game series i find them aesthetically lovely and i just love that kind of icy angular feel that so many of them have the big design. big bergmite fans you joke, you joke but i almost i was gonna say avalug i just <laughs> it's something there's something so behemoth-esque about this icy aircraft carrier i can see theo really <laughs> connecting with as some, yeah i don't know just a very flat surface that theo just finds incredibly pleasing and then kenny can just sort of send things across avalug's back like just firing and it just skates off to the other side and hits brandy in the head um, really <laughs> irritating. I see it. I can it's, see that's a very good argument. Yeah. That's nice. So we've got Avalug from Stu, who would add it to Theo's team. Theo, what Pokemon? Electric Dragon or Ice? So I don't mean to to take a a couple here, but I think that the Galarian fossils would actually work really well because they're so mismatched. They fit perfectly with so many of our terribly mismatched personalities <laughs> and teams. I feel like I could really see. Kenny with an incredibly goofy Dracovish. I could see Brandy with the snivelling dragon ice, like the ice dinosaur that's got like the little runny nose that I can't remember the name of because it, I mean it's, it's only been out for like a year. Like, give me some time. I think they'd have great comic potential, and I think they'd become Dra- very. Is it Dracovish? It's Ar- Arctozolt, I think, is the one. Arctozolt. Yes. Arctozolt. Yes. Uh, Ali, who would you like to add? I don't know. I mean, when I started this campaign, I sort of thought Kenny would would lean more down a sort of ghosty, darky route just because of his ooh, weird superpowers. Um, and that sort of weirdly happened just through more luck than judgment. Um, but Kenny is not enamoured by, by typings in, in any way, really. I think it would be more circumstantial, for sure, more about a sort of innate bond with that Pokemon. I've always thought, and someone in the Discord actually echoed this, and I can't remember who it was, but I definitely thought that if I disclude Diggersby, because I don't think Bunnelby's evolving, I think Bunnelby is very much, as we've seen in the last episode, a support character emotionally for the the whole group. Um, I would like to add a ground type, and it would probably be Gliger. And someone in the Discord Ooh. independently thought that Gliger would fit really well on Brandy's team, and I don't know what it is. He just seems like a cheeky little Pokemon. I will say that... Um... Part of me hoped that the egg that hatched would be some sort of like 
uh, Megalugia. Yeah, tell me. Yeah, Megalugia. That's what it's called. No, what are they called? The like the Dragonites, the Salamences. Oh, pseudo legendaries. Pseudo legendaries. That's it. Oh, I'm sorry, Ali. Were you you unhappy with your? I I was not unhappy. (laughs) I was not unhappy at all. Um, But I did. I just. I liked the idea of something. They all start off relatively weak and then just become monstrous, and it feels like yeah, it feels like Kenny in a nutshell, really. So yeah. And um, so that also covers off a question from Ginny, which is sort of. Which Pokemon would you want your character to catch? I think that's very similar. And also Ginny's asked, which Pokemon is your favourite in your teams? And I think that's a horrible question, Ginny. I will not choose favourites between my children. That is terrible, uh, but it's wimpy. And um, <laughs> no, no, really? It's shocking. Glarin asks... What is your favourite Pokemon on anyone else's team? So, Stu, oh, who is your favourite Pokemon amongst the characters? Oh, Matt, well, this this is hard, isn't it? Well, maybe uh, Stu could pick one from each of us. That seems that's fair. true. That's true. Okay, um, my favourite Kenny Pokemon is, I think it might be Hoops at the moment. Really enjoy any time Kenny says the word Hoops. Um, <laughs> it's fun. It's fun in Irish, guys. Do it now, listener. Just do it in an Irish. There accent. you go. Nice. It's a perfect Irish accent, everyone. I've enjoyed Hoops' battles. They haven't always gone to plan or been necessarily totally successful, but I enjoy that struggle and the fact that she keeps fighting. And I really Mm. liked her backstory in Pyrenea with the the male Salandit troop and her being ostracised because of her pheromones. I thought that was a really nice introduction. My favourite of Theo's is Brobaracle. And my my favourite of Tom's... um, I think Wimpy is the strongest of, like... Tom's developed characters in Pokemon, but my favourite is Dr. Bunnelby. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. true. <laughs> Dr. Bunnelby. Uh, David? I think if I had to choose a Brandy Mon, it would probably be Snorleone. I feel like both Theo and David would like <laughs> to have Snorleone around, because the sheer Machiavellian gumption <laughs> of that small bear <laughs> and or cat is just, <laughs> is just fascinating. And then, I don't know, with, with, um, with Kenny's team, I am going to say that I think Theo would probably most want to have Honchcrow just as a thought experiment. I think that I probably love... I love a bit of bow tie. I mean, we've we've been around with them for a long time, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna say bow tie. It's a it's a it's a bland choice, but it's the strong choice, and therefore it fits me yeah. perfectly. Fair. <laughs> uh, Ali, as the voice of Snorleone, it's hard for me to uh, to to pick many others. But That's um, true. But I think I, I think um, I really enjoy what we're doing with Wimpy. Um, I realised I was more attached to Wimpy than I thought I was when the the option of him leaving us was was real um for david's team i love a singing toga kiss i've got to say i do oh, enjoy so every true. time every time the r&b toga kiss comes out and i just i just picture it with this grumpy theo surrounded by pink swirly lights and it just mm. it fills my heart with joy i also Perfect. really enjoy that i don't think theo and toga kiss have ever said a word to each other because it's always nothing needs to be said nothing needs to be nothing needs to be done but toga kiss knows and theo has got away without speaking to toga and kiss at all if Theo does get an Avalug, then Togekiss can land on the Avalug safely. <laughs> Finally. Finally. My favourite of the other players' teams, I think for me on, on Theo's team is, is Jason the Combi, just because it came about so randomly. Also that it's Theo's... Combi is Theo's specialist subject. Also that 
why David loves male combis is still in a mystery in my mind. So I want to I want to learn about that. But also that I find Jason the combi quite a normal Pokemon. Jason the combi hasn't really done anything of of, of like particular incredible magic like Togekiss, and yet I feel like Jason is Theo's favorite. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like every time there's this expectation, this weight on Combi, like Combi is representing all of Theo's research. And it's, yeah, that's a big weight to carry for such a small Pokemon. From Kenny's team, I would personally go for Gyarados just because I think the art factor has really fleshed out Magikarp and, and Mustache in that. And I love the image of Gyarados with eyeshadow, Stu's sort of addition to um, the evolution. And that I feel like that's so distinctive now as a Pokemon. I I sort of really, really like it. So I think that's probably my, my favourite. Stu, please pick another category. In-game. This is an interesting question from Andy on the Discord, who asks, do you think Kanto is more accepting of poker-powered people generally, or is it different in Formia? And Andy references the fact that Sabrina in Kanto, the fifth gym leader, is psychic and has psychic powers and also oh has a group God. of psychics. And in Lavender Town, there are mediums who can commune with the spirit world. I remember seeing this. First, first of all, Tom... Big step to say that Sabrina is the canon fifth gym leader. I would oh, sorry. Koga, not the... I would say Koga yeah, is the fifth. Yeah, apologies. But you, can, but you can play it in any order. So to hear you say that Sabrina is just the fifth. So, okay, <laughs> poker powers in other regions. Or, I mean... I, it, I'm, it's a good it, question. I know. I'm kind mm. of I'm kind of loath to say anything because I don't want to tie myself into law now that then screws us up later uh, in terms of you know, defining anything poker-powered within the Formia region. It feels like poker powers are very much tied to the history of Formia, but who's to say that maybe Sabrina is Formian? I would say that I think if poker-powered people do exist in other regions, whether they are expats or uh, home-born, I would imagine that they are not defined as poker-powered. They're just seen as people with extraordinary gifts. And yeah, it's like it's that. almost perceived differently. And whether they're judged to that or not probably is taken more on a case-by-case basis as to what exactly those powers manifest as and whether they are unnerving. Um, that does move us on to a glaring question, which is what other regions would people love to explore in Critical Ditto? As in actual... Actual Pokemon regions. Pokemon canon regions. Are we talking about regions? Regions? Is this like another campaign entirely? Or is this our characters going? I think to... it's the I think it's the characters going in. Stu, where would you love to run a game? Because it could it doesn't have to be the critical ditto cast. It could just be which which region to you? Uh, I would say I think Kalos, just because I think the games told you the least about that region, and therefore it's got the most room to explore. So you could make nice. up more of that region than I any of the so. others. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Fair, Ali. I think Alola. I imagine Kenny having a great time in Alola. Oh, Alola feels so Kenny. Something about yeah. the, you know, the beaches, the sort of cool, the colours. Everyone just seems so chilled. Like everyone seems yeah, exactly. chilled. Out. I think Kenny, Kenny and Ultra Space is a spin-off. That I'm very happy. <laughs> oh to wow, say. yeah, Kenny. <laughs> <Ultra> Space. <laughs> very That's true. Yeah. David, I would. L- I, this is such a nerd co- response, but I would love to see a campaign in awe. 
like the Pokemon Coliseum region. I'd love wow. to see. I'd love to see <laughs> us in the world. Of, oh, just the worst. But like, <laughs> but just imagine us in the world of like Shadow Pokemon and Snag Balls. Yeah. Just like it's true. Just it's just like us, us being able answer. to capture Shadow Pokemon, which we have basically already done by stealing Pokemon out of the gastric band of a Snorlax. Is uh, yeah. But I'd love to. I'd love to see how we would do in that sort of darker, grittier, more sort of Mad Maxi Pokemon region. Do you know what's just funny? There is a Pokemon podcast out there called Postcards from Pearl run by one of our great patrons, Jonah Jackson, which does have shadow Pokemon uh, and uh, snag balls. And it's 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 very much a lighter podcast aimed at kids. <laughs> but it's got the darkest <laughs> it's got the darkest thing about Pokemon that's ever come out of the Pokemon regions in. Uh, I think I would choose someone's already said on the Discord, but Sinnoh for Brandy, because that's where all our Pokemon come from. And so it Makes might sense. be good to just just go there and visit some of the lakes. So do we mind if I take over and just hit us with the last few remaining ones? Yeah. Is it what? No. Like a, a speedy a speed round or or Yeah, let's do a speed round because some yeah. of these are the art questions that we haven't Great. These are plot threads, guys. Plot threads that oh, we oh, know what here we're doing. We with. Go. Smam asks, Where is Luke the Lucario and his poker gang? I imagine you're saying it in that aggressive tone, Smam, because we haven't referenced Luke the Lucario for ages. Uh, he's right uh, behind you. Right there. There he is. <laughs> Made you look. <laughs> Made you look, man. Where's Ma? Full disclosure, Smam. My uh, computer died when we were asking about Luke the Lucario, so we'll never know. Um, Ali said he's behind you, so I hope that's enough. Uh, maybe in the next <laughs> reflect, we'll talk about Luke and the big plans that Stu had for Luke, and still has, does. Has has has. Um, next question um, from Jeremby. What happened to the brain-sucking Malamar? And I suppose the answer is ran to the forest and is living there now. Yeah, it's just Luke's out, teammate out in the wild. Could have been On recruited Luke's by Luke's team. Absolutely, I think that's fair. Uh, another quick question from Ginny to me, which is, um, what was it like finding out about Brandy's family? And I'm going to say pretty horrific. Um, <laughs> Um, to find out your dad's a celio is uh, not something anyone should have to suffer. But I actually, it it was completely not what was expected, and I think a really cool way to tie Brandy into the story. So we've already into the sort of poker powered story, which um, Stu covered in the last reflect. Um, but Ginny asked a more pressing question, and this is directed at Stu. Stu, hello, Calico, mm. the dance. Mm. Where were you mentally when you when you did that? I wish I wish I had an answer to this question that that could tell you. But uh, I, do you know what? I before listening back to the episode, I blamed it on David. I said that well, David came up with the dance element, and I just had to go with it. But re-listening, David goes. I think Calico has to do some form of. And it's me. I go dance. So clearly I wanted it. Whatever <laughs> yeah, it was, as, I wanted as, this. As, as the guy who edited the raw audio, I can tell you that both the room and the dance were entirely Stu's ideas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, it's very much Stu. Yeah. I still, I have a very vivid memory of the moment when I walked into the sexy room and <laughs> Stuart was like, David, Calico's here and his traps are just... 
so watching and i was honestly i was honestly unsure what to do in that moment because it was everything i'd ever dreamed would happen in a room full of attractive men and yet it was also the most terrifying cognitive dissonance of my entire life to have stuart telling me about how swole a invisible fictional person was to me with with complete carte blanche with complete it was shocking it's terrifying uh yeah as, as i say it was just the natural course of events that's all we can say. Nice, nice. Um, quick one-word answer as well for you, Stu, here. Jerembi asks, which NPC, in your opinion, is the most developed? Uh, well, if we're talking about the traps, it's Calico. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um, next question is from Ryan, who asks, basically, is Ryan is a fan of the English Premier League, which is a football slash soccer depending on <laughs> and asks what teams do we support so david i'm coming straight to you on this one which epl premier league football uh, football team do you support uh so my family's team has always been sheffield united um i am from bournemouth so when bournemouth reached the premier league we were thrilled and when i lived in america and i finally had something i could say about football that was really great so bournemouth in many ways is my team um, nice. If if Theo was to support a team, it would probably whatever Oxford has. So just just run with that. Ali, I support Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, Kenny, I think I, I I'm not sure if Kenny's a big football fan. Shamrock um, Rovers. Yeah, I think I think Kenny would have maybe supported whatever his local team is just to shut shut some of the bigger kids at school up, saying I do, I do have a team. Stu, tell me which which team do you support? Uh, I am a fan of Manchester United. Much like Ryan. So you, nice. you have that in common. Brandy doesn't support a football team because she's interested in Pokemon battling only and doesn't understand human sports. She doesn't think they're worth it. But me as a person, I do not support a team in the Premier League. I support Crew Alexandra FC, who are in the mighty League One, which is the which is confusingly the it's the third yeah. tier of English yes. football. And one final question, guys. This is it. Are you ready? Dark Holson asks, this This is a cursed question, I'm going to tell you this right now. <laughs> Which characters would you like to see together? And I think they mean in the ship sense. Should we be answering this? I don't know, I think you can, you can say which characters you know, I would like to see together. 100% Barnaby, Timms and Hedrold are my, my number one ship. <laughs> I, I, I'm not That's afraid of That's a very good it. answer. I suppose you shouldn't answer it about your own character. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I, I would love to see <laughs> Brandy and Heron because I think Tom would hate it. Oh, that would be the worst. <laughs> oh. um, I hate to say it because it's the obvious answer for me, but I'm going to say I want to see Kenny and Squash Mallet having a crazy... <laughs> the the so avant-garde obvious. botanical gardens they would have. Just imagine. Picture it. Steve? I, I'm I'm going to abstain. I'm going to abstain for this. One. This suggests that Stu has an end game for all of us. Well, this is I, the thing. I feel like I have too he's, much of a stake. I have a too much of a stake in he, this. If I say already... I want something to happen, I feel like that's it's too much. That's too much. He's S ranked all of us with somebody, and we're yes. all going to have to deal with that choice at some point. <laughs> <laughs> so much for listening to the second part of our our reflect 
Um, we hope that you found this similarly interesting or got you know, got something from it. That would be great. Uh, thank you so much for listening throughout season two of Critical Ditto. We answered a question at some point in one of these reflects about what's been surprising to us, but I think the the biggest thing for all of us is that people are still listening and still enjoying. So thank you for doing that. Uh, we hope we can bring you some great things into season three. Please keep an eye out for, for little bonus episodes like this that might pop up before then. Uh, if you want even more bonus content, you can sign up to our Patreon, where we have some bonus episodes and uh, my video series, The GM Diaries, up there as well. But yeah, until then, we will see you as and when Season 3 drops, and there will be some exciting things coming with that as well, including a rebrand. We are getting a new logo. I think we can confirm that now in this. That's an Ooh. exclusive. Oh yeah. Cool. Um, so keep an eye out for that in the future but yeah and thank you all for those amazing questions as well that is a big one yes thank you yeah totally agree and i i was gonna say i'm sorry we didn't we didn't get through to all of the questions but we answered the most hefty majority of them uh because it's been a long overdue to do a reflect but yeah david leave us with uh with your catchphrase Stu, Ali, and me all have our own ending catchphrase because you know we edit the episodes and we oh i see (laughs) so i just wanted to know what yours was If if you were ever to do, um, do I it. believe, you know my my closing line to you all is uh, gender is <laughs> a construct. Tear it apart. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Your engagement makes it art. See you guys. Whoa! <laughs> uh, that is guess. so oh, much. Oh oh, oh oh oh! I should have I should have not given David that. That is of course it was oh. it was really good. That is so much better than any of ours. That's too good. That's too good. Tom, peel back the sticker and put him in the podcast for you. Quick. He's too good.